You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of our podcast covering the PDL and we're actually going to be jumping into round two of our mock draft leading right into, of course, the draft week. I made a mistake in this last episode where I said, uh, I think for the round one, we were eventually planning that one to be the podcast leading into the draft. We're like, nah, let's just do the first round and the second round. So yeah, we're going to be on track. And before we kind of jump into the second round, Darren, there was a trade that broke, right? It was yeah. uh, happened yesterday. It was actually pretty exciting. I know the response was kind of lukewarm, but to me, I don't know. Maybe I got a little bit more excited than other people, but uh, what was the trade? Uh, it was a second round pick, 2.03, I believe. Early, yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised because... Like, he could have been a good depth running back for Mike, and he traded him away. I mean, I guess he could maybe get a depth running back at the same pick. Um, but, you know, Clyde's going to have a definite role, you would think. I mean, maybe it's a lesser role than what it was before um, with the signing of Ronald Jones. Like, maybe he's put into that receiving role back. But, like, maybe that's what he's supposed to do because that's what he was great at at LSU. So, um, I don't know. I thought it was, like, kind of – kind of odd i was surprised but it's not like it wasn't a bad trade by any means i think like that's probably his value was like an early second round pick at this point i was a little bit shocked not because of the value but because what you were saying the trade right now mike only has naji harris kenneth gainwell and uh jamar um yeah yeah Jamar Jefferson on the Lions. Those are the only three running backs he has on his roster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, he has three first-round picks and three second-round picks in this upcoming draft. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to address it, but from admittedly a shallower running back pool, I mean, maybe we are probably going to mock him a bunch of running backs now in the second round, I'm sure, but I still feel like having Clyde... I'd rather have Clyde, especially if I'm this close to competing than having that early second round pick. So um, I think it's a little bit confusing for me, but hey, maybe he's also gunning for a veteran running back too. You never know because like you said, depth is definitely not what he has at running back and Clyde definitely provided that, right? Yeah, I I mean, I know that it's not somebody you definitely want to rely on, but if he's like your running back three or your running back four or something like that, you know, I mean, if if he's your running back four, um, you're probably fine but you need someone to play on the bye weeks, right? Like, you can't be putting Kenneth Gainwell in there on bye weeks. That would be scary. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of scary that literally his only other running backs besides Nashi is Gainwell and Jefferson, who's on his taxi cab. So there's a very good chance that he even gets cut after all those draft picks that he's about to make. So I don't know. Um, I'm sure he has a plan. I'm actually really excited to see how it plays out. But I think this is essentially Mike showing or saying through his actions that hey i believe in the draft maybe right because that that would have to be the only case yeah or mike is just the one person in the league that hates running backs more than i do because i i thought i definitely didn't like them the most but mike definitely doesn't like them the most because he literally only has one <laughs> yeah he's definitely showing by action be like hey 
Dare might say hate it, but look how much I hate running backs. <laughs> I don't even want them on my team. Exactly. But uh, we kind of wanted to cover that trade because we did cover that other one that happened um, the past episode. So, you know, covering all the trades in the PDL, that's what we do. And that's definitely going to shape a little bit of what this second round is going to kind of look like right now. So let's jump right into it. 2.01. We have good old Dallas Drip here again. Oh, man. Don't worry. I got it. Of course, they had the first pick in the first round. So, naturally, they have the first pick in the second round. And, Darren, how about you do the odds? I'll do the evens. Who is Dallas going to take here? So, I'm going to go with a guy that might have gone in the first round in the real draft. Um, I'm going to go with George Pickens. I think he's like quality player. He's kind of buried on the depth chart as of now. Uh, but, you know. Welch is still in the rebuilding phase a little bit here, so maybe he has like a year, and then next year maybe Chase Claypool is gone or something like that, and then he's the wide receiver too, or maybe Deontay Johnson gets traded because all the top receivers are getting traded nowadays. Um, so if that's the case, and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are gone, George Pickens maybe he should have won in the first round at this point. Um, then it's George Pickens and Kenny Pickett and Pickett to Pickett, and and like that's the duo for ten all years. All right, itself. Yeah, pick it to Pickens, and it's like, who knows? I don't know, but that's what I'm going to go with because I think he's the best player here on the board. Man, um, so right now it looks like Dallas, unless they make some kind of trades, this is the only pick that they have in the second round. And if they were to walk away from just the first two rounds, that means Welch is walking away with Brees Hall, Drake London, Sky Moore, and now George Pickens. I mean, he's got to be smiling ear to ear, especially when you're rebuilding. He... Mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, the percentage chance of all of them hitting might not be high, but as long as some of them hit, he's going to be feeling really good. And everyone's already kind of putting Brees Hall in that hit column because with the draft capital and his profile, he's definitely going to be delivering you some RB1 season. So you got to feel pretty good with what you're walking away with. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about George Pickens has nothing to do with his profile. Everyone knows how early he broke out in Georgia as a freshman. He looked fantastic, but he just couldn't stay on the field due to injury. But... George Pickens, dude, he's kind of a little bit of a weird guy. I'm sure you saw that video of him watching himself being drafted, right? He's just like kind of standing there with that weird old pose and just like, I don't know. He's just a strange guy. I just think he's kind of hilarious. I, I think that's kind of a good thing, though. Because he's got a little Kadarius Tony in him, except he's yeah, I, much more talented. I think like I, I have a theory that all elite receivers they all have to be very weird and if they're not like some kind of like they, they need a little bit of that like diva mentality in them and if they don't have that then they're just they just can't be good like i just don't i don't think they can be elite like you know like how, how long do you think jamar chase stares at himself in the mirror when he's getting ready in the morning probably a really long time like i just think that so he showers and he, he dries off not by using any towels. He just stops himself and just stares at himself in the mirror. And by the time he's done, he's already completely dry. Like, you know, you know that, like, you just, if you have to be, like, like that kind of player, like, you're on an island by yourself anyway. You have to, it's like, one-on-one, like, you against the cornerback. So, like, you have to, like... You gotta be a little really crazy. Believe. Yeah, you have to really believe in yourself. And I think if you don't, then, you know, you can't be great. This is what my model 
didn't detect originally and why I thought Andy Isabella would be special. He's just a boring cheese ball. I should have known. He's just so cheesy that it worked against him, so he never had a shot. If I factored this in, man, oh man, my board would have looked really different. But honestly, if you are Welch, you got to feel really, really good with what you're already taking away from this draft. It looks like he's building something really special over in Dallas. But Mm -hmm. let's move on. Let's look at 2.02, the second pick in the second round. It looks like our good friend Mike is on the board. And you know what? He has literally no running backs. I know we did draft him. Kenneth Walker. And then we drafted him, I believe, Christian Watson and then James Cook. So he already has two running backs, but I'm not going to stop here. He needs to hit on running backs. So I feel like he's going to take a stranglehold on this class and say, hey, I don't know which one of these running backs are going to hit, but I'm going to draft all of them. So I'm going to take Damian Pierce. And I am a huge, huge fan of Pierce because I think he's someone that could contribute right away being drafted over in Houston. And he was actually, I believe, my RB4. Three or four, actually. I would have to go look back at it before landing spot and everything like that. So I was actually a lot higher on him than the consensus. So I feel like he finds himself in a really, really good situation. Once again, if he busts, that's okay. Because I'm picturing him just pretty much opening a bag and just being like, all right, every running back get in here because you're mine. So what are your thoughts on that pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for especially for him, I think this is the only running back that has the immediate opportunity um isaiah spiller backup rashad white backup brian robinson backup um so everyone that's got drafted this year that's still available on this point they're all backup running backs damian pierce is the only one that can win the job and keep the job at this point um so for mike's team i think this is probably going to be the pick here because he's the only one that probably will be a starting running back this year next year and has a chance to do it in the future um, so I think that's the, that's the right play. And I think he's a good running back, too. I think before the draft, I think I had him as my running back 4-2. Um, so I, I think this is the, the right pick. Awesome. And he actually has back-to-back second-round picks. So with number two, he went with Damian Pierce. But how about pick number three in the second round? Who is Mike Dakin? So I am going to give him here the tight end one in the draft. Trey McBride. Now, I know that this is someone that's probably going to take at least a year to become fantasy relevant, but um, as I just said, a lot of the running backs that are available that Mike could take, they're all backups, so there's only one pick in between his next pick coming up. Um, So I'm going to let the next team potentially take one of those backup running backs, and I'm going to take the best tight end that's available in this draft class because Mike also has a need at tight end. Um, he, right now he has Mike Gusecki, I think an Evan Ingram or something like that. Yeah. Um, so Mike Gusecki, you might be able to use him for another year. And then next year you might have Trey McBride fill into that slot. So he can put him on his taxi squad and then maybe in 2023 in that season, he'll be able to use Trey McBride as his tight end one with Kyler Murray. I love that pick. I feel like this is exactly what Mike needs. He definitely needs a little extra zhuzh in that tight end room, especially after he gave up Kyle Pitts to get Lance and so I feel like I'm not saying Trey McBride is Kyle Pitts whatsoever but I feel like if there was a tight end to emerge from this draft class I mean there are a few decent tight end actually uh, options that might turn into something but Trey McBride looks like to be the cream of the crop so for him to kind of take that top tight end off the board makes sense I feel like right now the pick right after them 
it's the Philadelphia Yellow Hawks and they're kicking themselves because I'm sure they would probably love to get Trey McBride at number four. Um, that's actually who I was planning on taking, but because they were just sniped, I am not going to uh, reach over for Woods and what's the other guy's name? Dol- Dolchich or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not, maybe I could, maybe I could, but I'm just not feeling it. But I feel like they would love Isaiah Spiller here. They're going to want to be competitive right away. I know you did say he's obviously a backup to Eckler, but he might actually get a lot of playing time because Eckler isn't the type of guy that, you know, needs to touch the ball 50 times a game to be relevant. Uh, I think if they split the way that they want to to keep him healthy and efficient, I imagine Isaiah Spiller could be plugged right in, see what we could do. And I feel like the pendulum swung too far in Isaiah Spiller. And I guess the NFL felt that way too because he's just not that great of an athlete. But I do think he's a decent enough football player to be somewhat relevant so i'm interested to see what he does in la and i'm sure that the yellow hawks would like any kind of production because as we know they're supposed to be rebuilding slash reloading but i'm sure they would like to be competitive right away and i know they probably have a little bit of a hard-on for the chargers because i know how much they love herbert even though we both know they completely lucked into that yeah um i think this is probably the the pick that they're going to go with if this is how it shapes up here. Um, I know Isaiah Spiller pre-draft, like a lot of people, including myself, were like, the, he, the, the dude had like 10, at least 10 uh, top 30 draft visits with teams. So like the teams really liked him, but he still fell to the fourth round, which is kind of weird, probably because he's like not the best athlete, as you said. Um, but like, you don't have to be the, a great athlete to be a good running back. Like you can look at all the guys that are like, um, Dalvin Cook didn't run the best 40 times. I was just going to say, Dal- I'm not saying he's Dalvin Cook, but his <clears throat> running style is pretty explosive, which is mm-hmm. weird. You, you wouldn't use that word to describe someone that's slow. Mm-hmm. I, and he's not even slow. He's just not as fast as people would like him to be. Yeah. But when he runs, he has the burst and everything like that. And yes, he can't. Maybe he didn't put up the numbers that you would want to see at like the underwear Olympics that they do over for the combine. But like I said, I, I'm not even a huge fan of Spiller, but now I'm almost finding myself to be like defending him a little bit because I'm like, I don't know. The tape is a lot better than what people think, but yeah. I, I feel like he could contribute right away. And that's something that Philadelphia could be looking for. But of course, right after Philadelphia, we have Mike on the board again, his third pick in what the top five. So mm-hmm. it should be really interesting to see who you think they're going to be taking here. So I'm going to give him another running back because this is probably the last running back that probably has a big-ish maybe potential sort of opportunity. Um, I don't know. I guess we could say the same thing about Brian Robinson, but I'm going to give him Rashad White because I think he's profiles as a better player. Um, If he can win that receiving job with Tom Brady, um, he's probably not going to get the every down roll with Leonard Fournette there for at least this year. Um, but I'm going to give him Rashad White because I think that maybe he could be like that David Johnson type guy. Like there's the older running back ahead of him. Um, maybe that guy gets hurt and towards the end of the season he like breaks out and he's like – because he's is a great athlete and he has a good receiving profile. Um, so I'm going to give him Rashad White and then maybe, um, you know – because I, I he maybe he wanted Isaiah Spiller more in this case, but I think to, it's a if you get Trey McBride and you get Rashad White instead of getting Isaiah Spiller, it's it's I think that's a win because it helps him more long term. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rashad White, I really, really like him. He might have actually been my RB3 or RB4 um, right there up with the other running backs that, of course, we're talking about with Damian Pierce. So I feel like, yeah, maybe he probably would prefer Isaiah Spiller, but I feel like he can't be upset with White because he's definitely going to be someone that could be valuable in longer term of rather than the immediate return because I feel like he's going to struggle a little bit getting on the field because Brady is going to want a good pass blocker and someone who knows what they're doing that's what Fournette is there for his trust is already there so maybe he's a little bit of a longer term play but regardless being able to draft as many running backs as possible should be the plan for Mike so I feel like that's a really really solid way to go but we have one quick breaking news that just broke right now Darren you actually just shared it while we're on the pod so I want to talk about just to get some real time uh, reactions even though I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, maybe it would have already resolved itself or we know where it's going. But Darren, what is the breaking news? Um, Jerry Judy was arrested. Like literally um, right now, like the sleeper just sent a notification right now. So like I said, by the time you hear this, maybe something is different, but this is our real time reaction. But Darren, what, what'd you just say? Yeah, he was arrested. There's unknown charges. He was arrested uh, between 11.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. Um, I guess that's like mountain time because he's in Colorado. Um, but, yeah, there's no information on any of the charges or anything. But, I mean, if a guy is arrested around midnight, it's probably not the best situation. Um, if it's something like a, like a DUI or whatever, anything like that, then it's probably going to be, like, swept under the rug and, you know, he'll, he'll be suspended a couple games. I think, like... It was last was it last year Melvin Gordon had the same kind of thing and he got a DUI or whatever and he was suspended for two games. Was that mm-hmm. last year or was it two years? I think ago? so. Yeah, so it'll be like if it was something like that, it'll be like a minor suspension and like it won't really turn into anything. But I mean, for his sake, let's hope it's nothing. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Like, this is such a weird thing because even I'm, I'm trying to follow it right now, but everyone's like, it's just been confirmed. He has been arrested, but we have no other details right now. I'm sure we will get the details. But as of right now, the first thing I thought of was the fact that Jerry Judy is tied to a big trade that has happened earlier in the PDL. He was a part of that Russell Wilson trade with Trevor Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's. That trade's kind of looking wilder and wilder, just depending how this one goes, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if it's really bad, like, you know, if uh, if it was a DUI and he, like, Yo, Cortland Sutton someone, to the moon! Yeah, if he killed someone, um, you know, he's never going to play in the NFL again, kind of like how, uh, what happened with, um, what's the, the dude on the Raiders? I already forget his name. Henry Ruggs. Henry like, Ruggs. It's a Henry Ruggs situation. Yeah, Jerry Judy, he's gone. He's never coming back. Um, so let's hope it's not like that because you never want to see that happen to anyone, even though like Henry Ruggs got what he deserved. But at the same time, you don't want to see a guy ruin his life like that. Yeah, this is going to be absolutely wild to kind of see what happens. <laughs> um, Josh literally just put Tim Patrick on the trade block. Um, so this is going to be wild. Uh, this is definitely going to be something that we're going to be following. We don't have a lot more information right now, obviously, but by the time I know I said this a billion times, you guys hear this more information probably has revealed itself, but it's just kind of fun to kind of see how this goes and breaking news or breaking the news and then kind of getting our reaction to things. But Let's continue because you just Mike just got Rashad White with the fifth pick in the second round. So let's continue. And who do we have here at pick six? Oh, boy. It looks like it is 
everyone's favorite channel. Oh man, dude, do I really not have uh, his sound drop loaded? In oh, I'm so sorry, Murphy Street Empire. It doesn't look like I have it added in right yet, but hold on, let me add it in in real time so we can have it here for you. Here we go. There we go. And they're on the board right now, and this is definitely a pick that they have been kind of trying to shop and stuff like that, right, Darren? It, he yeah. kind of trying to remind everyone, be like, hey, you can still get some studs and stuff. But if he doesn't trade it, watch, knowing our luck, he probably would have already traded it by the time this episode comes out. But if he doesn't trade it, Darren, I feel like this is a patented MSE move by drafting Malik Willis, right? Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, he doesn't really have any needs or anything. Like, taking a running back, like one of these running backs here isn't going to help him. Taking one of these receivers that are here isn't going to really help him. Um, the tight ends definitely aren't going to help him. So, at this point, I think he's going to take the quarterback that he thinks has the highest upside, the one that might pay off and get him a future first-round pick, potentially, um, so he'll get, grab Malik Willis here. I agree with you. And he'll let him sit on his taxi squad for a year and hope that next year, this time, Malik Willis is in line to get a starting gig. This is essentially him buying like stocks right now. Yes, or just putting money into a trust. And he's like, I'm going to withdraw this later, but I'll deposit this right now. And I am hoping that I'm going to be able to. I'm putting in a second round pick, a mid second round pick, and I'm hoping this can grow into multiple first, if not just one first, right? Yeah, he is, he is investing in the Malik Willis fund, and he is going to hope it goes to the moon. Yeah, that is just a patented Murphy Street move. I feel like that's something he's going to do. And honestly, he was a Twitter darling, so I knew Max was going to really like Malik Willis. So I wouldn't put it past them to maybe still have a little bit of those lingering feelings and kind of just being like, why shouldn't I draft him in the middle of the second round? I mean, what do I have to lose at this point? And I feel like that would be the absolute right move to do. If I only had one pick in the middle of the second round, that would probably what I would do too. Just swing for the fences and hope for the best, right? Yeah. I mean, when you don't have any needs, then you can kind of do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah, this is uh this is a champ taking a victory lap to be like, yeah, yeah I could just do whatever I want. So he's kind of earned to be in this position. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And so let's go on. Let's continue. And it looks like for the seventh pick here, we have our good old Hollywood hustle. And so with the Hollywood hustle, they've been making some moves. Obviously, we already talked about them um, shipping away Mike Evans and they got a second round pick and they got Hunter Renfro. But what are they going to do with this? Uh, pick here at seven so i think looking at their team structure they clearly need the most help at running back i would say um and there is only one running back left that has a chance of getting um but like potential opportunity this year and that would be brian robinson and that's who i'm going to give them brian robinson Man, there is a huge run at running back right now which started off with damian pierce at the second pick of the second round, followed by Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, and now Brian Robinson. So maybe the second round would belong to the running backs, uh, or at least that's how we're viewing it right now. We could definitely see this run. And I, I mm -hmm. think this is a perfect pick for them because they need someone to contribute right away. They're obviously trying to win right now. And right now, it looks like Brian Robinson in the least might be 
you know, a plotter at least, right? Maybe some goal line work, you know, just something where you might be able to plug in and get a little bit of results right away if you need to in a pinch. And I don't think you could say that with many of the other players remaining here. So being able to get this type of player at the seventh pick in the second round, that's not too shabby. So I love the pick that you made here. And then finally, wow, I guess making their debut... There's someone here that's going to be making the very first pick ever in the PDL, and they're international. It's going to be the Austrian Oaks, and I feel like, um, I don't know, dude. We don't have a lot of intel on Greg right now, so he's an absolute wild card. He could go anywhere, but kind of looking at his roster and him probably getting the feel of what the PDL is and how saturated and I wouldn't say Satcher, but how high and demanding the market for quarterbacks are, I feel like he might be taking a quarterback here, and I think that's something that you would agree with, but I'm just not sure which quarterback. I don't know if he likes Corral, Ritter, um, Chicken Fingers, Kid, Howell, um, but I feel like for right now, we both like Matt Corral, going to be in Carolina, could have an opportunity because obviously they don't really believe in Sam Darnold, unfortunately. What do you think about that pick? Do you see Greg going with quarterback here? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree because I, I think that he needs to go with like the most value potential players that are available. And I think that if Corral can be good, um, then he can be worth a first round pick plus maybe more next year. Um, or if he's or, good, maybe he could finally leverage that and then get Zach Wilson on his team. <laughs> yeah, or if he's good, he could just keep him for himself. You know, like he could. There we go. He could have a, a cornerstone quarterback on his team, and we we everyone knows that. As you said, he likes Zach Wilson, and Matt Corral is kind of like the Walmart version of Zach Wilson. So <laughs> maybe he'll be like you know because everyone thought that Zach Wilson was going to be great obviously he was the second pick in the draft and he wasn't that great last year so maybe everyone because nobody knows anything about quarterbacks maybe the Walmart version of Matt Corral actually turns out to be the Louis Vuitton Zach Wilson who knows (laughs) yeah you absolutely have no idea but I feel like if you were to have a dart throw once again you would not be mistaken trying to throw it at a quarterback because they give you the biggest biggest payoff and so i'm glad that we both are in alignment thinking that a quarterback will go there but now we find the hollywood hustle here again on the board pick number nine in the second round what do you think they're doing so i think that they are going to take the last quarterback that has um starting potential this year um, I know that you could make an argument, I guess, that um, Sam Howe might have a shot with Carson Wentz, but I mean, they just traded a lot to get Carson Wentz. Like they traded what two third round picks, and the one third round pick could turn into a second round pick if he starts enough games or whatever. So if they traded a second and a third round pick, the guy that they just drafted in the fifth round, unless Carson Wentz gets hurt, he's not starting any games, and all he eats is chicken fingers. So like that's not gonna happen. Like he's, <laughs> you know. The NFL guys, they like steak. So this with this pick, I think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. Um, he's kind of like the Walmart version of Marcus Mariota, but he's there playing with Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota already got benched once by the coaching staff. So I think there's a... They're going to be like, and we're going to do it again. Yeah, Just you possible. watch. It's, it's definitely possible that they, uh, they're they like, you know, we're going to do it all over again. And we're you gonna know, the Oregon guys right now are sharpening their pitchforks, being like, yeah, Darren, keep talking. Keep talking. See what I happens. I know. But I mean, he was a he was a bench player for two years for a reason. Like, it's not like it didn't just happen out of nowhere. Like, he's, I'm not saying he's like not 
good, but is he more suited to be a bench player? And also, didn't he get hurt the last two years and he was a backup? Like, he only played, like, what, 100 snaps in the last two years and he still got hurt both Darren, years? Darren, what we <laughs> saw in Marcus Mariota in his first three, four years in the league, was now mediocre. we're supposed to think that he got much, much better after sitting on the bench for two years. Everyone's telling me that he's a lot better now, even though I feel like I saw what I need to see the first, I don't know, three, four years of him getting 100% of the snaps. That, that's what I've been told, at least. Well, that's what happened with Mitch Trubisky, right? He went to Buffalo, and then all of a sudden he was, like, decent, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then went over, and then now uh, going to get wrecked by uh, Two Gloves Kenny over there. Yeah, I know. He he's thought he was – it was like the Mike Lennon thing, like how um, – well, kind of full circle because Mike Lennon was there, and then they drafted Mitch Trubisky, and now Mitch Trubisky is Mike Lennon. <laughs> so you're telling me that Kenny Pickett will now also become – Kind of like continue that train and they're just going to just keep flopping. Then one day Kenny Pickett will be the next Mike Lennon. I don't know. Yeah. Hope and then I, now he's going to be <laughs> traded over to another team and that team is now also going to take another quarterback and then just continues the cycle. The end. The continue. Someone's going to end the cycle, though, one of these days. Like there's always that quarterback that. Yeah, it could be this six, three kid, comes. the hometown kid from Pitt that wears two gloves, man. Yeah, it's perfect. Two gloves. He's ending the cycle. <laughs> but I like that pick. I feel like the hustle would be thrilled to be able to get. Uh, you know, the last of the bunch of the quarterbacks that might be able to give you some type of value this year, because once again, Hollywood is very much in turn trying to probably pick players that can contribute right away. And with that same thought, they actually have the next pick as well. Pick 10 in the second round. And I guess you could kind of look at the remaining wide receivers at this point, I guess, because there's not many running backs that are super worth taking, that would be worth over, what, David Bell, Alec Pierce, Mechie, mm-hmm. even, uh, what's that one uh, wide receiver taken by the Patriots real early, Thornton? Yeah, Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, so maybe all four of those could be in play just because of his draft capital was wild, but I'm going to go with uh, David Bell. I feel like David Bell could honestly become something, especially over Indianapolis, great landing spot, because all they really have there is, what, Pittman? And uh, that's about it. And I feel like Matt Ryan loves to throw the ball and he's had tremendous volume through the years. So that means it's almost like the Michael Carter Williams effect. Uh, It's not all going to go to Pittman. I mean, maybe all go to Pittman, but I feel like it definitely has to spread around a little bit. So I feel like Bell is talented enough to be able to be uh, relevant a lot quicker than people think. So he might be a little bit under the radar, but he might be able to return tremendous value, especially picking him at the very end of the second round. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And he's playing with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it seems like at this point Deshaun Watson's not gonna be suspended. Oh yeah, for, I, I said the other name. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's gonna be suspended for more than like what, four games? Like it doesn't seem like he's gonna be suspended. I don't know. I keep I keep hearing because with the trial it being like pushed back to like next year now or like some kind of hearing now or some whatever's going on. I feel like I've been hearing that the timeline for Watson is Looking a little bit more ambiguous again, but I know you follow Watson more than anyone else, right? Yeah, I I mean, I think in the reality of it, they don't want anything to come out of this at all. And they want it to look like a smear campaign because the NFL really, really, really does not want one of their best players in the league. The faces of the because the quarterbacks are the faces of the franchise. So they don't want one of the five best faces of the franchise to be like a serial 
rapists. Yeah, a lot of people are getting upset because they're like, oh, I'm waiting for the NFL to finally make a statement about it. I was like, dude, they already did. They're not saying yeah. anything at all. That is the statement. <laughs> yeah, their, their statement is they're hoping this just goes away and no charges are filed for anything and they can just suspend them for two games, making them look bad, and then it all goes away. Make all the money and put them back on marketing again mm-hmm. and just be like, all right, cool. This never happened. Yep, exactly. So I, I think that the David Bell, he's going to slide right into the Jarvis Landry role. Um, he's the same kind of athlete as Jarvis Landry, a bad one. Um, but I mean, you don't need to be a great athlete to be a slot receiver. Um, we've seen that time and time again, like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, uh, Jarvis Landry. So David Bell slides right into the slot role, gets a hundred targets and you know, we go from there. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be someone that gives them the highest upside right away. So I could definitely see Hollywood kind of going that route. So with him now off the board, we're at the final two picks of the second round. Greg is back on the board right after taking Matt Corral. Who is he going to uh, take at 11? So you mentioned Alec Pierce, and that's who I'm going to go with. Um, I know that they drafted... Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. So they kind of went with like the super athletic guys in this draft. Um, Bernard Raymond, he's also also an athletic tackle that they drafted. Um, but like I think Alec Pierce is like a nice kind of compliment to um, Michael Pittman because you have like that possession, like kind of Drake London type wide receiver. Oh, yeah. And then you have Alec Pierce, who's like the burner, like MVS kind of Martavis Bryant kind of receiver. Um, and you have Matt Ryan, he's a good quarterback, and he still probably has a couple years left where he's going to be a good high-level quarterback play. Um, so if he's like the wide receiver two in that offense, it's probably going to be someone that you can play. Um, and for, for Greg here, he needs help. So. <laughs> <laughs> he needs anything he can get. Yeah, just give him give him the best player available, I think. And I, I think with the in the best situation, I think that would probably be Alec Pierce. Yeah, and especially because in the PDL, you do have to start three wide receivers. So you definitely need to try to get that there uh, when you can. And so if he's able to kind of walk away with at least uh, Pierce, who could at least right now profiles as someone that could definitely be somewhat productive. I feel like he has to be thrilled, especially on a lottery ticket in the very end of the second round. But with the final pick in the second round, it looks like we have a... A team that got a brand new name, and that is the Vatican City Cardinals, of course. And I feel like this team can go a lot of different places because similar to Greg, they also have, I wouldn't say a lot of holes, but I'm sure they would like youth and depth almost everywhere, right? And Uh I'm just trying to say, oh, what is the BPA or who do I think he's going to go with? And Josh is such a wild card, right, Darren? If the PDL draft started on a Tuesday afternoon or like a Thursday evening, I feel like you get two different versions of Josh and he could pick a different player depending on how he feels at that moment. So right now, I'm just going to go with my gun and say, I don't know, maybe he's like a John Mechie guy, right? Like that could totally work. Being over in Houston can, you know, give you what you need right away. Maybe he could eventually learn something that Brandon Cooks does, which always means, what, be underappreciated, but always return maximum volume. I feel like Mechie could definitely serve a pretty solid role, and I feel like uh, I'm probably already going to be wrong with this pick because Josh is going to be like, no, I would never take him. I would definitely be taking Zamir White here. What are you talking about? Because he does love running backs, so maybe maybe that is where he would go. But right now, I'm going to say Mechie. But what are your thoughts on that, Darren? Yeah, um, I... 
I have no idea. I cannot get any grasp on what Josh would do in this situation. I don't, honestly, if there's a pick that's going to be traded before this podcast is released um, in like a week, um, I think this might be the pick because who knows? Like Josh wakes up one day and he's like, you know what, I'm going to rebuild. And then the next day he's like, you know what, I want to win. So I think that he could go Zamir White in this pick because he loves running backs. He could go John Mechie. He could go Wondell Robinson. He could go with the fifth-round quarterback that loves chicken fingers and Sam Howell. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> He's like, I finally found someone that shares my same dietary views. Sam Howell is my boy now. Yeah, I have no, absolutely no idea what he's going to be doing with this pick. No clue whatsoever. Like, he could take Jelani Woods. I mean, I don't even think he knows. Yeah, he probably won't know until he's on the clock. But at least and when even he's then, on the he's clock, just gonna he picks like, oh, him no. real quick. Oh, yeah, he always does. I'm telling you, Josh always has a plan, but I just never know what that plan is because it's too intricate for me to be able to follow. But mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. This is feeling pretty good. If all of this were to come true, I feel like what a lot of people would be taking home would feel really great. And so how would you feel, Darren, actually? Now that we're here, I know you didn't have any pick in the second round, right? And neither do I. So let's just pretend our very first round draft pick mock draft actually comes true exactly in that way how would you feel if you walked away with kenny pickett jameson williams and chris olave with your three picks i think i'll feel pretty good um i would feel the address the need i think i think personally i think my two biggest needs right now are quarterback being number one and probably wide receiver being number two um because i i did get like help with Cortland sutton and rashad bateman um, so that helps my wide receiver room department. Um, but Tom Brady, I, I mean, I, I like to think that he can play a couple more years, but like if you have a 10 year, $375 million contract sitting on the table, <laughs> are you really going to play that much longer? I don't know, because you're going to be making more money sitting in a booth than you could be pl- like playing football and getting your ass kicked. Like, are you gonna are you gonna turn that down? I don't know. I probably wouldn't, but you know, Tom Brady's a psychopath, so maybe he wants to play a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. So I think he's probably got one year left in him. And Did then, you see one of the top comments on uh, Reddit on that post was like, "Man, Tom Brady's really good at staying away from his kids." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I would he's be too. so good at it. I would be too if I if I was offered forty million dollars. Holy shit, I would never see my kids ever again. Literally, you see, oh, can you sit and like talk about this sport that you've been playing forever and be like, okay, yeah, we'll give you forty million dollars for it too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Job security for ten years, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, and then I got behind. Tom Brady, I also obviously have Deshaun Watson. He's not going to be going anywhere. Um, but I have Baker Mayfield, who deserves a starting job, but I don't know if he'll get one because he like the NFL guys don't really like him because he's a cocky little bitch. Um, which is <laughs> it's kind it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it because like they don't like him because he's cocky, but then they give Deshaun Watson two hundred and thirty million dollars guarantee, which is kind of sick. But um, and not sick in a good way either. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But um, he, I think he deserves a starting job, but I don't know if he'll get one just because, like, people don't like him. Um, and then I have Matt Ryan, who is never going to be, like, the quarterback that he used to be, I don't think. But he'll be, like, a solid, like, quarterback, too, for a couple more years. Um, Jim Irsay said that he, he wants to play four more years. I don't know if Matt Ryan said that or Jim Irsay is putting words in his mouth. 
Um, but I think he's got like probably two, three years left in him, probably. Um, Matt Ryan's just sitting there, be like, well, yeah, how, how much money are you <laughs> guaranteeing me and paying? Yeah, because then I'll play as long as you want me to. Exactly. Like, I mean, if Jim Mersey wants him to be there for a couple more years, you know, maybe he's going to be like, you know, we'll, we'll bump that pay up a little bit. But I think like, if I'm looking at it like realistically, I think Matt Ryan's got like two, three years left and he's probably hanging them up too with Tom Brady. Um, so I got, I got some holes there. I got to figure out a quarterback for sure. Yeah. And then we just discussed how Kenny two gloves is going to break the trend of the Trubisky slash, uh, whatever is uh, Glennon curse. So we'll see what kind of happens there. But I guess one of my final questions now that we are fully in heading towards the PDL rookie draft is, do you think we're going to see some surprises? How many draft day trades do you think is going to happen? But when I say draft day, I know the draft typically takes a handful of days, but like during the draft, do you anticipate a lot of trades occurring? Um, I don't know. Because not a lot of the trades that were made in the past, um, it was Jensen. Like the crazy. Like, I was going to say, during our drafts, I, I would be interested to see how many times that has happened. But I feel like normally when it does happen, it is typically Jensen who's involved that moves during the draft day. But yeah. a lot of the times that's because they'll see a certain player starting to fall and then they'll really want to. And. We always know there's an abundance of people that are looking to trade back, but not many looking to trade up. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I would actually be surprised if I saw more than one or just one at all, right? Yeah, no, I I agree because nobody really wants to move. And I think this year, I don't know if anyone's going to want to move back because I think that the the top, top elite guys are like what, like the top 10 or 11 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, some then, even say the biggest tier cutoff is like top eight. Okay, so you say that the top eight, and then is anyone going to want to move out of the top eight if you you have one of those like high value picks? You, you might have to give up more than you had to give up in the past or something like that. I don't know. And there isn't a Jensen this year to be like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I don't care. So yeah, I, I agree. To- I think I would be surprised if a draft day trade happens. I can guarantee right now if Kenneth Walker is somehow not on the board. Or still on the board at 103 once you're picked, Darren. Uh, you know I'm I'm giving you everything for that. <laughs> I know because I. But we both know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I know if um if Mike does for some reason pass on it, I I know I already have you and one other person that want to move up still because like I, I don't... tell tell Kenny to calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's like. It's like I I know that there's only two good running backs in this draft. Like I know, like, and I think everyone else knows, and that's why um, Mike moved up to pick two there because clearly he has a gaping hole. And I think that if if by any stretch of the imagination he passes on Kenneth Walker here, it would blow me away because he literally does not have a running back two now. So I think that if he is there at 103, it would be a miracle. Yeah, and I feel like if this was a different type of draft, I feel like just because of the way that this draft kind of developed its identity, that's why I would be really surprised if someone does trade up, only because it kind of seems like a draft where whoever has pick four is just as happy as the person who has pick seven. You know, Mm -hmm. they're just like, all right, if the right people fall, then I'm just as fine at picking at this pick here. So it doesn't really make sense to move around unless you have your eye on someone specific. So maybe if you are really sold on Kenny Pickett and you see him there at 104 and you're like, oh man, he might go 
at, you know, 105. So maybe I do jump that person and try to get it that way. But that's kind of why I was trying to focus in and try to get 102 because I knew obviously Brees Hall is definitely going to go 101 and everyone in the in their mom knows that I love Kenneth Walker so that's why I tried to get 102 and then Mike unfortunately beat me so it's it's one of those things where you have to fall in love with the prospect and then kind of willing to put your money where your mouth and say I'm willing to trade up enough to get secure it and I don't think there are that many players in this draft that could move the needle that much for someone to be like that's what I want right now kind of thing and I think think you'd yeah. agree right yeah yeah because i mean there is Brees hall someone still might make a bit crazy move for Brees hall but I, I don't really see it because it's probably going to take like um like a mid-level i don't know like a travis Etienne kind of like running back 15 or some so or whatever plus a first round pick to get up to Brees hall for welch in his mind i would think um and i i mean i have travis Etienne. i'm not offering that so um I don't really see anybody else offering that either. But, you know, it could be wrong. It could happen. You never know. Yeah. Should be interesting. And I think that's going to be something fun to follow. But, guys, get excited. The draft is just in a few days. Mike, for the love of God, please know who you're going to be taking when you're finally on the clock. (laughs) But until then, guys, relax, take care, and I can't wait for the fun to begin. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.